Thank you. Welcome to our Monday edition of Sports Sunday. What a treat. Right out of the gate, our monthly sit-down with Athletics Director Trev Alberts. So we're going to talk to the Husker AD for the next hour. If you want to be a part of the program with a call or a text, 402-413-2400. It's a little quiet around here. Not many students on campus today. We're in a little bit of a break here. How about that? <laughs> yeah, not bad. Uh, but we uh, we had a lot of noise over this past weekend with uh, some graduation. And, uh, you know, just so proud of our student-athletes and uh, – I'm so proud of Dennis LeBlanc and Keith Zimmer and their staffs. And people work so hard to support these young men and young women. So getting to celebrate with, remember, the real reason these young people are here is to get their college education from a world-class institution like the University of Nebraska. So quiet right now, uh, but this past weekend was pretty special for us. Pretty big crowd here at the stadium on Saturday. Beautiful weather, and I think you had close to 70 athletes get get their diplomas. That's fantastic. Yeah, we had 68, and I had a chance. uh, A lot of parents came in. So we always do, you know, outside of the typical university stuff, we have a little banquet for them with their parents and family. And and West Stadium, third floor, was literally packed. And so, you know, we take great pride at the University of Nebraska of being a real leader in terms of what we support these young men and young women. And we make a commitment to them, not just the four or five years they're here, Greg. Um, These young men and young women are Huskers for life. And so postgraduate scholarships and networking, those types of things, our support for student athletes does not end the day that their eligibility expires. Um, They're Huskers for life, and we're here to support them and help them. They're part of our family, and we're going to treat them as such. Well, and a prime example of that, you had a former football player, Seathan Carter, who's yeah. been in the NFL for five, six, seven years. He just got his diploma. That's great. You know, it was really cool, and it was pretty cool to see him and his family. And um, you can tell when it's extra special because we, we, we literally announce every name and uh, the family hoots and hollers, and we encourage them to have some fun. <laughs> and so I think it's really um, symbolic of the kind of care and love that that our academic support staff has for these young people to stay on, you know, getting your college degree is a really big deal. And by the way, there's some other former Huskers that don't have a college degree that are very successful that we're pushing to come back because getting your college degree from a place like Nebraska is uh, one of the coolest things you'll ever accomplish. Well, it's, it's so, it's, uh, those stories happen about every May. We get one of those former student athletes that yep. comes back. And again, it speaks to Dennis and Keith, who've been here a long time. They've seen a lot of these athletes make their way through. How big of an impact does that department have when you're recruiting student athletes for football, all sports, really? Do they do they make their way and go meet with Dennis and Keith? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, I, I can tell you that uh, I became a, a Nebraska Cornhusker because of that commitment, uh, because Coach Osborne laid out for us a vision about how he was going to support us not just as football players but try to develop us as people and uh, that was really important to me and my family so i I know that that dennis and his entire staff keith zimmer uh, that's a really big deal and it's important that parents get here uh, because when the parents see it and feel it that's what makes the difference and it really has helped all of our coaches acquire and retain some of the top talent in the country very good. Um, also, this past weekend, you, you had graduation come through, and you're kind of wrapping up some of the spring sports. I want to start with your track and field team. The men ran away with a Big Ten championship. That was pretty satisfying. Yeah, doesn't that feel good? You know, I mean, at the end of the day, we always talk about this, but, you know, we're, we're in the competition business. And uh, if you sign up for this, um, 
you know that that's sort of the the, the Nebraska culture that uh, that I grew up in that we're really working hard at. Like we're trying to win at everything, Greg. Like there's no reason why we can't win Big Ten championship. There, there's no reason why we've got a 95 percent graduation success rate. We're we're tied for number two of public universities in the country. We have a cumulative GPA of 3.3. Now there's a lot of focus and effort. There's coaches who decide to recruit top quality people. There's families. There's coaches. There's staff here. But at the end of the day. It comes down to, you know, we're attempting to win. And to see Justin St. Clair, young coach, named coach of the year, the kind of impact, not just, and I know Justin would say it's the entire coaching staff, but I'm really, really proud of that track and field program. And I think they're sort of endemic of the type of success that uh, broad-based success that the University of Nebraska can and should be having on a consistent basis. Women finished third at the Big Tens. They're both ranked, and the, the men, I think, are sixth in the country. The women are like 11th. Those are the kind of things you want all your programs to get to. Well, that, that's right, and uh, that's what we should aspire to be. There's, there's, you know, uh, high expectations here. Um, we try to make sure that our coaches have the kind of resources, facilities, and. But at the end of the day, it comes down to people. It comes down to focus, culture, and effort. And uh, we'll do the best that we can administratively to support that. But uh, just really pleased with with our head coaches and uh, all the hard work that they're doing. Um, again, as I stood up there in front of those graduates. The type of young men and young women that our coaches are bringing to this community is really elite, and it's kind of fun to see them. Uh, and you know, generally, uh, I've found that the quality of the individual uh, ultimately will lead to that type of success on the field and track and in the pool. And uh, just so proud of our coaches and and the, you know what they stand for and uh, the kind of culture that they bring to Husker athletics every day. And on the softball diamond, team went to Stillwater, competed really well. Unfortunately, the season came to an end, but that was a nice made the made the NCAA tournament for back to back years. Well, they cost me some sleep. Uh, let's be honest, Greg. And, oh, that uh, was thrilling. That, that, that <laughs> well, Saturday night was thrilling. But, but you know that I just watching that softball team, and you know the, the reality is this. And of course, Rhonda's never going to say this, but you know, we've had some injuries there, and it just was really difficult because, as you know, in softball, pitching is everything, and we had great pitching, but we had some early season injuries, and and that impacted us. But to me. That softball program sort of signified a lot of what we talk about here all the time, right? We talk about never giving up, hard work, grit, teamwork, and you know, just to see Coach Ravel, she's been at this a long time, and just sort of at the pinnacle of her leadership journey and the kind of influence she's having on the softball program. Uh, was just sort of in awe of watching those young women and really, really happy for them. Baseball's headed to the Big Ten tournament just up the road in Omaha. It's going to be a fun week, right? It's going to be a great week. And, you know, Will, uh, uh, I, think, uh, I think it's okay if I say this. He probably won't. Um, but, you know, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And you watch our baseball team and earn the fourth seed. There's, there's absolutely no reason. There's nothing standing in the way that, you know, we get some timely hitting and some good pitching. Uh, we can certainly compete in the Big Ten championships. It's in Omaha. And so would just really encourage Husker fans to come out and support Will and team and and um, you know the bats came alive a little bit there and uh, so we'll we'll look forward to a, a fun Big Ten tournament. All right uh, let's turn to our attention to football we, we've got an announcement that came out this afternoon about a three-game uh, mini plan through these gates mini plan for the upcoming football season a three-game package goes on sale tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. either by going to the box office making the phone call or going to huskers.com slash tickets but you can get a ticket to a 
not the two non-conference home games and then pick a conference game, here's a good chance to get some some folks into the stadium for the 100th anniversary. Yeah, I'm, I'm just really uh, I'm grateful for the hard work of our ticketing office. Um, you know, all the folks on the external side work really hard, and uh, so putting this together. I've also been really pleased, Greg, with the feedback from Husker fans. You know, I think last year we had about 1,200 unique and new season ticket holders and this year we're just under 2,600 new season ticket holders so I think that's been really really positive Um, so finding new and creative ways like you said to get fans exposed to Husker football is really important you know a lot of people know a little bit about the East Balcony and how we've transitioned that into club seats so we had about 30 almost 3,200 possible club seats in there and those have transitioned very well. Um, there's about 400 left or so, so we've got some additional that we can sell. Right now, you're not going to see that on the seat yourself because we have to get through a few more processes. But there's going to be good seats available within Memorial Stadium to see Coach Rule's first season uh, at varying price points. But uh, just really grateful for Husker Nation and how they've responded, and the demand's been good. And uh, we'll continue to try to serve them at a high level. This, you kind of answered Art in Los Angeles who texted and he says, are you concerned at all about the sellout record? Also, with the changes to the stadium, does that change the capacity of Memorial Stadium? Yeah, as, as of right now, you know, when we transitioned that east balcony, there was some contraction because once you put chair backs, it takes physically more space. And so there's some of that. But, but by and large, you know, the supply-demand issue really isn't being addressed yet. That's part of our larger modernization plan that we're looking at as we rethink Memorial Stadium. We'll, uh, we've continued to work really hard with our executive team, and, and uh, we've talked about that a little bit. But here by the end of the summer or early fall, we hope to have our report that we can send back to President Carter and the Board of Regents on a recommendation about how we move forward uh, within Memorial Stadium. As you mentioned, a 100-year-old stadium, wow. iconic structure. Our job is to ensure that we have a sound business strategy moving forward for the next 25 to 50 years. But, but right now, um, while there's some slight variations, and our team continues to go out and t- take a look at, you know, um, how can we widen some of the seats to create some immediate comfort. Uh, so there's a little bit of reduction in overall capacity, but, but by and large, that's um, not affected uh, significantly at this time. Mentioned right off the top that the semester ended. It's quiet on campus. A lot of the athletes have headed home for a little while. That football team will be back soon, I'm sure, to start summer conditioning. What about the coaches? What have they been up to since we last talked right at the end of spring football? Well, they continue to work really hard. You know, um, I think this is the type of year that uh, time of year that you encourage the coaches a little bit to spend time with their family. You know, I mean, it's really, really important. I think sometimes we um, sort of forget that you know all of these football coaches, basketball, they're all people too. They have families, and um, I'll tell you, the best football coach is is a happy football coach with a with a solid family, right? And uh, so we encourage some of that. But you know, you're never done recruiting. Um, you're never done hosting potential walk-ons, others, transfer portal. There's constant work in that uh, regard. So um, still very very busy um, and uh, working really hard. Quick update for us on the Go Big project. I know it's still, they're starting to put some glass on the exterior today. I know the big goal is to get football in there before they open the camp, correct? Yeah, still uh, still on that plan, working hard. There's various areas within there, and so while not going through every one of those specific areas, but um, there will be several different areas within the Go Big that will be ready for occupancy you know, to, to be occupied at various times. But football specifically 
you know, prior to camp, we need to make sure that there's as least amount of disruption as possible. And just really grateful to our coaches and everybody surrounding football. You know, this is, we're all learning together. Uh, I wasn't here when the Go Big project was established. Obviously, Coach Rule wasn't the coach. And so they've been very patient with us, but there's a collective and sincere, sincere effort to do everything we can to make sure that football is not negatively disrupted. And uh, you know our general contractor and houseman and, and our architects, everybody's working really hard. It's a it's a complicated project, as you know, and so you're also transitioning significant amount of square footage within the stadium over to the Go Big project. So I, I will say this, though, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm getting off a little bit here, Greg, but you really think about the future of our football program, and not just you know because of the Go Big. You think about the changes that are happening in in college athletics, right? And the NIL and all those types of things. I, 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 every day I, I pinch myself a little bit thinking about the timing of getting this approved and done. I, I really think strategically long-term, Nebraska's in a great position because I'm not sure how many other universities are gonna build a 315,000 square feet facility, not just for football, but all student athletes in this new economic reality that we're all facing. So we get through this. I think we have this incredible opportunity to have a world-class brick and mortar development facility We've got the right people now, because people are really what matters, um, and right coaching. With our fan base, um, I I'm not sure who will have it better. And so just really grateful for all of our donors who've contributed to that, because uh, I'm a product of development. This place and the DNA of Nebraska Athletics has always been development. And so having uh, the brick and mortar behind that is going to be a game changer for us. you got to be excited. We've been watching this for two years go up. <laughs> you just probably can't wait to bust the door open and walk in there. Well, I, I, you know, I am because I, you know, it's, it's easy to say this, but it's absolutely true. Facilities inspire. I mean, you know, the reality is you walk people through there. We've walked prospective student-athletes and their parents. And you know, I know it's not all about this, but, but, but it's pretty easy to see that this place has a standard and this place has made a commitment. And so it's one thing to talk about, we care about developing young people. It's one thing to actually have a facility that says, here's how much we care about that. Here's how much we believe in that. And uh, so I, I um, you know, but we can't do these things if we don't have donors uh, that buy into it. And we're just grateful for the support that we consistently get. Bill in Portland says, Trev, do you ever see a time in the future when Memorial Stadium will go to natural grass? I understand they're moving the two outdoor practice fields over to grass. Well, you know, it's a conversation that, um, you know, that, that I've thought about, and uh, I've actually had a conversation with Coach Rule about, uh, you know, for obvious reasons, um, you know, in, in our climate, uh, field turf has made an awful lot of sense. The reality as well is that, you know, science continues to change or continues to be um, more new and evolving opportunities. We'll, we'll just have to see how it goes. And, and Coach Rule, one of the things I love about him is, is, is you know, he doesn't, it's not just to talk, like Coach Rule significantly is interested and cares about the health, safety, and well-being of our football team. And, and he believes strongly that spending more time on natural surface is better for the players. And um, so we're making that investment um, to you know, on those practice fields because we, we, we believe that that's what serves our student-athletes and we believe that it helps in recovery. So these are student-athlete-centered decisions, but there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot to think about, right? We just held a graduation out. It's a lot different if it's a natural surface. We're going to be, we're, you know, Memorial Stadium, as it continues to evolve, will be used in more and evolving ways. We'll, we'll see where it goes, um, but uh, we'll, we'll have to 
Um, I loved playing on the grass. Um, I believe football, you, you, your jersey ought to be dirty. And it's great when it's muddy and messy. And it feels like a football game. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Okay, very good. 402-413-2400. That's the number to fire off a text or a call. We've got about 40 minutes left with Trev here on his last show of this academic school year. We're going to take a few months off. So this is your last chance to get after him for a little while here on the program. Our Sports Highly Hotline is brought to you by Woodhouse, where you can shop your way from one of the 16 convenient locations or online at woodhouse.com. Anytime they've got 18 brands and a huge selection of pre-owned. You can always find what you are looking for with Woodhouse. More with Trav coming up. Back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, sponsored by Acres. They are the Midwest's premier John Deere dealer, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more Acres solutions for every field. It's our final athletic director show for this school year. We'll be back up in August and running when the uh, new school year gets going. 402-413-2400, the number if you want to be a part of the show with a call or a text. Volleyball day in Nebraska. Well, we hear about it every day. I'm sure you are. What's the latest? Where do things stand? Well, we're pretty excited about it. And again, just, um, I mean, we keep pinching ourselves going, are you kidding me? Like, uh, but we're, we're, we're still working through a few things. But we actually think, Greg, that the, the final total capacity is going to be at 91,000. So okay. obviously we're, we had to work with a fire marshal on some standing room only. Um, we're hoping that I think on June 5th we would like to have some additional solid information Hoping by June 5th we can announce who the artist will be uh, in terms of the concert. Uh, but with all those approvals, if we can get to 91,000, we think the all-time record for a women's sporting event in the United States is, is at risk. Wow. And um, we'll have an opportunity here with our volleyball program to break that. So we, there's a lot of other details we need to communicate out. Obviously, we're working with our campus a little bit. We're hoping that... As you can imagine, you try to bring 91,000 people here in the middle of the week when you think about parking and those types of things. So there's processes to go through. There will be some policies that we'll have to look at. We've had some great uh, uh, conversations and collaboration with our, with our campus partners and with the rest of the folks that are competing alongside with us, but hoping to have some more of those additional details. But uh, I think we're going to end up with total capacity at 91,000. Wow. Barb in Omaha did have that question. What about parking on that day? She can't wait to get here. She's a little worried. So details are still to come. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, the, the, these, you know, the one thing I'm, I'm going to ask our fans, and, um, you know, I went through this a little bit back at, at UNO. We, we build an arena. And um, what's interesting is if, 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 if you're coming to a hockey game there, everybody kind of knows how to navigate. They've been there multiple times. Well, then President Obama came and spoke at Baxter Arena. The reality is we had 8,300 people who had never been to Baxter Arena before, and it was total chaos. I don't think it's going to be the same thing here, Greg. The reality is we're going to have fans, I know this is going to sound weird to some, we will have people coming to Memorial Stadium who don't come here very often or who haven't been here. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to ask our fans, uh, this blew up a little bit in a true Nebraska way. We would ask for a little grace and a little mercy, remembering, too, (laughs) Our community is going through a whole lot of construction that's happening around downtown, the yeah. Haymarket. So we're going to work really hard on it. We've got some realities on our campus that are going to be challenging. It's a whole lot more difficult than a typical Saturday uh, football game. But because of the realities of scheduling and when football is on the road, we're really limited in terms of when we could do this. 
And uh, this is a great problem to have. I'm not complaining. Uh, but if you had 25,000 people, that's a little different than 91. So our campus is aware. We're going to try to find a way to alleviate some of the pain points. But I, I would tell you that the reality is, is this is going to be logistically a bit of a challenge for all of us. And we're going to have to be adults and work together on solutions. You, you talked about demand for volleyball. You're even, I think, adding seats at Devaney. For the for the regular season, yeah, you know, I, I asked our team. Listen, we 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 have such a waiting list for tickets at volleyball, and I, I got to be very clear about this. I, I don't want to get too many people excited, but we think we've found an, an additional 400 seats that we can add wow. uh, to Devaney. But I, I think I also have to be fair, and we've got a pretty extensive waiting list, so I'm not sure we're going to have a, a bunch of new availability for the general public to buy tickets. But uh, trying to find an additional 400 seats to get as many people. Uh, in front of our volleyball program as we can. Okay. Irvin Scotter wants to know, are there plans for the football staff to go out and travel around the state to be introduced to the public? You know, that's a really good question. And, um, you know, we, we're, we're trying to rethink everything that we're doing here, whether it's through development, how we're engaging with our fans uh, and with our donors. I mean, I know that we've had some things that we've done historically. Um, I know that Coach Rule has some different ideas about that as well. But uh, I think first and foremost that you've seen that this is a staff that very much wants to engage uh, with our fan base. So, so we'll look for those areas. Um, you know, there's also a transitionary time. You know, you know, Coach Rule is is uh, uh, we we need to give him and the staff a little bit of space as well, especially when they're turning over a roster, trying to create a new offense and defense. We need to let them breathe a little bit as well. But but we'll do our very best to have our coaches accessible and out in the community. Very good. Uh, James in Omaha says, are there any talks from the competition committee, which I think you've been part of, haven't you, for the NCAA, about changing the targeting calls to a system like basketball uses with a flagrant one or flagrant two? You know, that that topic has come up, um, but I think there's some hesitancy uh, around it. The reality is, while we, from time to time, um, see some calls that we clearly think uh, are lacking consistency. I think at the end of the day, if you separate out the competitive piece, the health and safety of the players clearly um, is better under this, and we've made an impact. Uh, and I think slowly the numbers are coming down in terms of the, the number of fouls. So um, we continue to look work on that with the rules committee. Um, but at this point, um, there doesn't seem to be a strong um, appetite to go that to go that route. The clock rules will be, I think, a noticeable change to people when we get to games in the fall. Yeah, and you know, I mean, there, there's a couple things. I think a lot of people think that well, we're just, you know, the games are getting away from us. They're getting too long. And what can we do to speed up the game? Well, I think you know there are certain windows that you want to maintain a game in. And the reality is, you're also looking at how can we remove unnecessary hits in the game for players, right? So. Health and safety must be the top priority. We don't want to lose what makes football such a wonderful sport. At the same time, if we can eliminate unnecessary you know, exposure and risk uh, to young people, we ought to do that. And so I think some of those types of rule changes uh, uh, have been really good. Buckle up, folks. Put the phone down. A reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Crypto King in our YouTube chat wants to know if if there's still more expansion on the horizon. This is a topic that's been bubbling up around the country. It's nice to be under the security of being the Big Ten, right? We don't have to worry about that right now, but what your thoughts about where we may be headed in the, in the near future? Well, you know, there's, um, 
there's a lot at stake, as you know. And, uh, you know, all the Big Ten ADs and, and presidents and chancellors had an opportunity today to be on a Zoom call with President Baker, uh, the new president of the NCAA. And, and obviously it was a, a robust conversation around some of the challenges, um, you know, that, that we all face and, and some of the lack of consistency and application of rules and how they're being interpreted and, and all those types of things. So, you know, we're, we're, um, we're in an, a period of uncertainty. And I, I would say from today, in the next couple of years, um, it's going to be really uncomfortable. Uh, it really is. And so you're going to see rumors. You're going to see all kinds of these types of things. I, I've chosen not to participate in it because it's a little bit unfair to those that today don't enjoy the security of the Big Ten. I will only say this. Data will drive, from my estimation, uh, data will drive the decision making. Um, it has to. Uh, I think uh, the Big Ten has a, has a great leader now in Tony Petiti. Um, I've been really impressed with him as the commissioner of the Big Ten Conference. I think it's really important for him to, to get a clear understanding of, first of all, where we are in our television contracts. Let's get those long forms executed. Let's create the right structure in the Big Ten office. And then ultimately, we'll keep a keen eye aware on what's going on in terms of uh, expansion. Um, but, um, you know, it, it won't be for the faint of heart, but I will tell you that the University of Nebraska is, is blessed and fortunate to be a member of the Big Ten Conference and uh, will be a strong advocate to, to always do what's in the best long-term interest of the Big Ten Conference while still advocating uh, for, the, for, for the University of Nebraska. Um, and, uh, but I will say it's, uh, it's, it's a fascinating time. It's really uncomfortable to be honest, to, to be in, in our situations. And uh, so, but that's where we find ourselves. You mentioned the TV contract. Pete Thamel, ESPN.com, had a story that came out over the weekend that said that the Big Ten deal is not completely done. There's some language in there with adding NBC that's gotten on, maybe it's stepped on Fox's toes to a certain degree. What can you, can, what can you add to that story? Well, I don't know if I add a lot. I, I, I would just say in the midst of all the details and the granular things that, frankly, still need to be worked through, and, and I don't mean to minimize those, okay? I mean, when you're talking about but, – but think about this. At the core of what makes it challenging is you – you know, certain leagues have one television partner. We're talking about three elite linear television networks. You're talking about – and this was always the vision – all along is to do the best that we could to try to own Saturday in college football in the Big Ten. And, you know, the big noon kickoff on Fox has been a great addition, right? So noon on Fox, linear. The 2.30 central window on CBS. You know, you look at what CBS, while that was an undervalued deal probably for the SEC, that television partnership with CBS was massively important in building the SEC's brand and, and recognition. So then we go to the 2.30 window, linear TV, and end in primetime on NBC. Now, if you've watched the NFL on primetime and NBC and the commitment, it's literally like a mini Super Bowl every Saturday night. And so I can only tell you from the university's perspective at Nebraska. Now, of course, this is part of our history and our DNA. We've built our brand on being willing to play primetime games against great opponents, you know, I grew up watching Oklahoma, Nebraska, right? ABC. And so if you're asking, will Nebraska be interested in playing primetime games, I got my hand up every day and twice on Saturday because uh, we think the University of Nebraska in primetime 
is a great opportunity to showcase everything that's great about the state of Nebraska, the University of Nebraska, and more importantly, our football program. Very good. Trev Alberts with us for a few more minutes, 402-413-2400, the number to call or fire off a text. We've got more coming up. We're back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, sponsored by Acres. They are the Midwest's premier John Deere dealers, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more Acres solutions for every field. Greg Sharper, the athletic director for the Cornhuskers, Trev Alberts, 402-413-2400. Mark on our text line. Trav, when will we hear some info on kickoff times from the networks for the early season football games? That's a great question. Um, I, I think soon. You know, we're, we're working through that, and I think that's, um, you know, there's, again, there's part of a selection process and uh, trying to understand uh, where all those fit and what windows they'll fit in and what network will be a part of that. But um, I think it'll be relatively soon. And I, and I understand it. We, we push a lot. You know, it's... It's, it's different in the NFL in the sense that, like, our fans and fans in college football make plans in advance. We need yeah. to be able to get these schedules out. We need to get these times out when they're playing. It's really important for our fans. And so, at the same time, we're trying to be good partners with our television partners. So, I anticipate, I anticipate it being sooner rather than later. People got weddings to plan, Trev. They got, come on. They need I, I had to miss a wedding, right? Or a, a game because of a wedding. So <laughs> That's right. Uh, Dale and Hastings. Trev, you said this is an uncomfortable time. You're going to like this. What would you need to hap- have happen to make it more comfortable? Well, I just, I think in these types of roles, um, you just embrace being uncomfortable. And I, I think, I think part of the strategy is um, you just have to, sort of condition yourself to recognize that these problems exist daily. Uh, we're charged with trying to solve them. And, um, you know, I mean, I think that's part of leadership is during the most challenging times, um, you know, what can you do along with others that you're working with um, to, to create the kind of confidence in those that, that work here that, you know, that, that we're going to be okay. So I just think it's embracing being uncomfortable. I mean, this is a real time of disruption. And so I, I've always believed that in times of disruption, you have to equally respond with equally disruptive thinking. And, you know, I, I think that's what's kind of cool about Nebraska. We're, we've always been innovative. We've always been different. We've always been unafraid to, to you know, sort of act outside the norm. So I, I, I think during these times, I, I don't think Nebraska is necessarily as uncomfortable as others. But I think the other thing that's really important, and I think we have this, is during these types of times, what makes me feel comfortable is having a board of regents that's aligned, is having a governor of the state of Nebraska that understands the importance of the university, is, is having a president and a chancellor. You know, that's when you have alignment, and, and alignment is what gives you comfort. And that's where I think we come out strongly right now, because the University of Nebraska right now across the board has an unprecedented alignment of leadership, and that gives us a chance. Had a couple calls, didn't want to go on the air, just wanted to get your thoughts about how we are aligned for NIL at this present time. And I know you've made some moves in-house on that. Yeah, so Jonathan Bateman, who's worked within our department uh, for several years, um, has been announced as our new GM of NIL. And uh, I'll tell you, I uh, probably should have done this six months ago. I mean, you think about, well, six months isn't very long. The amount of change in this space in six months is crazy. I just got a two-page document uh, from Jonathan with an update on all the legal 
ramifications, all the advancements of where all of these proceedings are going, what the likely outcomes are going to be. Uh, but for us, uh, you know, I think we have a good strategy in, in the NIL space, and we're really grateful for all of those, our donors who are supporting the collectives that support us. And, uh, you know, it's important to me is ensuring, obviously, you know, you have to be focused on all of those types of things that the universities um, holds near and dear, but at the same time doing everything we can for our student athletes and coaches to make sure we have a, a reasonable chance to be competitively successful. So we'll keep working on it. I've said this before, I'll say it again, we're never going to be first, but we're never going to be last. And so we have a dedicated person now, Greg, that's looking at everything from what other schools are doing, from what our state law looks like, um, should we ad, uh, amend the state law, should we, so making recommendations about how we best position not only ourselves but our collectives, our student athletes uh, to be successful because this is a, a highly evolving space and we need to be a leader in it. You, you bring up a really good point that I don't know that a lot of people understand that every state's got different laws and regulations in place. That's a little uneven, isn't it, as we go across the country? Well, you know, I think the thing that uh, fans hold near and dear is this idea of competitive equity. Like, we, we, we've always known that in, in, you know, competition from time to time, there will be those who try to break the rules, bend the rules, or cheat, or flat-out cheat, right? But this is a particularly challenging one because, to your point, um, you know, right now state laws are setting the tone about what, universities can can't do what's available and until there's a federal solution around it and that's what we talked about with with governor baker today is you know what's the confidence level that we can bring some sort of guardrails around some sort of you know because it because it really isn't fair um if we don't have some national set and agreed upon you know just like consistency in contracts uh, across the board would be really valuable so there's a lot of strong effort in this area um, but again uh, there's areas that um, and i'm confident in our approach um, but um, we're going to be aggressive in this space a couple of people have asked about haymarket park john in kansas says i love husker baseball as much as husker football any future planned improvements at haymarket park you know, we're always looking at making sure that our facilities are, are top line. And, uh, you know, that's been a partnership that's been good for Nebraska athletics for, for a long time. Obviously, it's a little bit different, you know. Um, certain facilities that you have 100% control over, you have 100% control over the capital improvements and those types of things. It's a little bit different over at Haymarket. Um, but we'll continue working hard with our partners over there to try to ensure that the fan experience and, more importantly, the health and safety and student-athlete experience is at, is at a high level. You know, we have a high standard at the University of Nebraska. I mean, it's, it's not like a lot of other colleges. I mean, we, we have unbelievable facilities. And part of that's our commitment on health and safety and wellness and uh, this is the highest quality of experience that we can possibly give them. Tim in Minnesota said, congratulations on the school year. We're seeing make market improvement in some of our sports. Do you think the Big Ten will keep the baseball tournament in Omaha in the years to come? I think they have two this year and next year. Yeah, I think ultimately those things get, you know, they get bid out. And, um, of course, we love having it in Omaha. We think it makes an awful lot of sense, especially since – you know, you're going to have the uh, College World Series played there not long after it. But, um, it, you know, it, it gives all those teams in the Big Ten, you know, a place to, to aspire to ultimately get uh, for the College World Series. And, and it's just a great chance for our fan base to be able to come and participate. Obviously, uh, the better season we're having and the higher seed and those kinds of things. Uh, but I'm telling you what, um, I've talked to our coaches all the time. When our fans, the players can feel it. I mean, our coaches can feel it. That fan support matters, and it helps us win. 
And so we just really encourage them to continue supporting our baseball program, you know, especially there in Omaha. Our Sports Nightly Hotline brought to you by Woodhouse, where you can shop your way from one of the 16 convenient locations or online at woodhouse.com anytime. They've got 18 brands, huge selection of pre-owned. You can always find what you're looking for with Woodhouse. Some final thoughts from Trev coming up. Back final few minutes with Trev for the summer. We won't get him back. Well, we may chat with you, but we won't have a full hour with you until August. Text question for you. What is the projection completion date of the outdoor track and field stadium? It would be great to have another home meet. Yeah, the track itself is finished. Okay. And uh, obviously we uh, we pulled the second phase of it was the actual like seating and fans and, and all that type of stuff. And as uh, construction costs continue to increase. Unfortunately, we didn't have the approval from the board to spend what was needed on that phase two. So we're we're looking at options. You know, we looked at a lot of different options, Greg. At the end of the day, there's a standard of excellence on facilities here, and we could have done something just to say we were done. We're not. I'm not going to do that. We're we're, we're going to do it right, and until we're ready to do it right, um, you know, we have a track. We had a track at Ed Weir, a very small amount yeah. of seating. But I want to do it right, and we're not ready yet. Uh, we don't have the resources yet to do it right, so keep working on it. Very good. I mentioned that it was quiet around campus today, but you had a military leadership summit. What was that all about? Well, you know, there's a couple core things that the university and the athletic department is, has kind of really embraced. And uh, I love the whole military appreciation during Husker football. Obviously, agriculture has been something that we've really tried to, to step into that space as well. But, uh, you know, our, our team put together this summit and uh, Kate Dean from our office and, and Dr. Chatters worked on this. So we just had a room full of active, you know, whether it's ROTC, um, uh, Air Force, uh, just a whole group of military leaders and uh, uh, several of our coaches participated. Coach Rule participated. President Carter uh, came and welcomed. Obviously, he spent 38 years in the active military, and, and uh, so it was great to have him. So just doing those types of things, I think there's just more community-oriented things that we can do in this department uh, to give back and also learn from them. So it was just wonderful to have. We've got great relationships with the military. Obviously, you come to every Husker football game, you see the flyovers, you see all the the folks that are involved and so it was just a great t- chance to get together and to honor them and and uh, just have a little bit of an appreciation uh, uh, morning with them they were here most of the morning fantastic a little over a minute to go i know you had some big 10 meetings earlier this month are we closer to a football schedule for 2024 or where, where are we sitting on that we are we are we're we're much closer good. and, and uh, have a pretty darn good idea about who we're playing I'm not sure exactly uh, where those dates are going to be and where the orders are, but um, um, you know, I think I think the takeaway from it is this: we just added USC and UCLA to an already existing very difficult schedule. So across the board, I think if there's one thing you can take take away from this 16-team Big Ten conference, is there are no weeks off. Um, this is going to be, as we talked about a long time ago, the margin will be so narrow. You think about the NFL games and how close those things come to the fourth quarter and who has the last possession. Uh, That level of detail, uh, that kind of structure is going to be really important. I know Coach Rule and his staff are really focused on it, but the schedules are going to be fun. There are going to be great teams come to Memorial Stadium, and every single week um, it's going to be a dogfight. But that's why we're in the Big Ten, and that's why players come to Nebraska. They want to play against great opponents prime time and that's what you can do here at the university of nebraska that's why people are craving the sport everything is so good about it right now 
Great to see you. Enjoy your summer. We'll look Thank forward you. to our chats coming up again in the fall. Thanks for all you do.